Hey, I'm Rabbi Zach Kamenetz, founder and CEO of Shefa. Thank you for listening to Shefa's Community Conversations, where I speak to some of the most thoughtful and soulful people in the psychedelic field as we explore the many intersections of Jewish spirituality and psychedelic consciousness. Hi, everyone. My name is Rabbi Zach Kamenetz. I'm the founder and CEO of Shefa. Uh, this is our very first community conversation, an attempt to bring luminaries in psychedelic work, research, therapy, theology, and community building to you, to people who are interested in investigating this field and want to know more, want to be connected to more voices and perspectives. And I'm absolutely excited to be bringing in as the first community conversation, uh, Bob Otis. Bob is a neighbor of mine. He is a friend of mine. And we were introduced right before COVID in uh, the end of 2019. And the conversation that we had uh, before the 2020 was incredibly inspiring and grounding both in my work, but knowing uh, more about what people are doing in the world of sacred plants and creating community around them. So now I'll uh, introduce Bob. Over 40 years of engagement with family, traditional and Western teachers guide Bob's work with natural sacraments, supported by degrees in psychology, sociology, and divinity, specifically from the University of Chicago. Bob was founding chairperson for Decriminalized Nature Oakland, is senior pastor for Sacred Garden Community Church, co-founder of Sacred Plant Alliance, and board chair for Alma Institute. Bob, welcome to Shefa Community Conversations. Thank you for being here. And if you want to just start by introducing yourself, uh, introducing Sacred Garden, and I'd really like to know how you came to this work and to this life. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that energy of cross-community sharing and uh, that we may leaven one another's practices and, and each other's insights. I'm just really honored to be here speaking to you all from Shefa. Zach, it's been such a pleasure to be getting to know you. I'm just thankful you exist and that we can have these conversations, yeah. And um, we had mentioned maybe before, if, if it's okay with everyone, I'd like to just kind of open the way, uh, sort of consecrate the conversation with a little non-sectarian kind of prayer, just sort of an expression of gratitude and intentions, really, that I, I hope uh, most of us will be able to align with. And, and if we're not, actually, I'd love to hear, you know, where, where the variation was from, from intentions, you know, like that. Yep. So I just want to say, um, take a breath. We're here. What a miracle this is. What a miracle this is. That we can be present together. That we can hear one another if we, may, if we can hear, which most of us can. That we can see colors that most of us, many of us can. And if we can't see colors, many of us can see shades of light, light and dark. That we can breathe. That we can experience plants 
what a miracle, what a miracle, what a miracle. I hope we can really just feel with gratitude the miracle and privilege of being human on this planet right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And may the time that we spend together bring us closer in the direction that our, our deepest hearts are really seeking to go, depending on our faith, that the deities or the divine nature of our faith is asking us to go. May the time we spend together really bring us into peace, into healing, into insight, into joy, into ease, that we may be happy and we can be free and bring service to one another. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. All right. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess introducing myself a little bit, uh, if folks want to kind of look online, uh, for better or worse, there's plenty of stuff you can find out about me online. These days, I'm really not uh, trying not to spend too much time on social media or online and, and get out that way, but you can find articles by Shakruna and others. So if you search Bob Otis, Psychedelic Liberty and Diversity, or Bob Otis, Ethical and Sustainable Access, you'll uh, you'll find some articles that I think are pretty reflective, you know, that I, that I feel good about, particularly one by Psychedelic Times and another one by Shakruna like that. So, of course, we have to be discerning when we, when we go through the media, but um, you can learn a lot that way. And... Um, I'll try to be fairly quick on this uh, because it's a long story. I'm, I'm a little bit feeling like I'm over the, the middle of my life now into the later years, so it's a bit of a long story. Um, about 40 years ago, I was in East Tennessee where I had been growing up, and I'm actually kind of proud of, I think now, uh, almost 10 generations maybe of Stanleys who have been living in the Smoky Mountains including right inside Smoky Mountain Park and, and a place called Friendsville, which is a Quaker community um, near the park. And I'm just thankful for the Quaker ancestry that, that I hold and, and for having that time in the Smokies with my family and, and having sort of reconnected to the land that way. Um, coming from a truth-seeking family, uh, it's like on my, on my aunts and uncles, there are two doctors and two preachers and a nurse who married a preacher. So you, you can kind of get the the lineage there, you know, and I'm really thankful that I can just really sort of consider my own family to be my main lineage. Um, but then truth seeking sent me uh, all over the place, you know, trundling around in India and, uh, and endeavoring to uh, experience a bruja ritual in the Philippines and, you know, having the sort of extended tourism experiences in places like Brazil and Sierra Mazateca and, and others. Uh, to learn, but I don't want to overstate those. Uh, it's really just been a lifetime of sort of seeking, uh, not really indenturing to a specific lineage. Um, but that was coming out of a, a of a really overwhelming experience I had when I was 17, uh, sitting on the side of Charlie's Bunyan, a big bald on the top of a mountain in Smoky Mountains Park in, in Tennessee, where LSD and a little bit of meditation, uh, a little bit of sort of quiet meditation that I'd learned just as a, as a young kid uh, opened into something that to me felt eternal and full of love and held in loving consciousness. And I can't put words on that experience, really. I'm trying right now. And it's been 40 years and I've still been trying, you know, and uh, but it was as if uh, all everything became a pack, became these sacred patterns. And then all of the light, all of the air became light 
and time stopped and eternity became present. And, and to use some language, I'll say it was as if God was present. And that was an overwhelming experience for me. Um, and, and it, and it felt really helpful, uh, for a 17 year old who was kind of struggling with, uh, kind of political critique and, you know, was upset with the genocide and the um, slavery and everything that, that we were coming out of in our country and trying to understand what was happening. And that experience led me to kind of say to myself, I thought I was going to have to die for, for this to happen, you know? And um, so that was pretty strong. And I was thankful for my friends who were just grounding and sort of healing oriented friends who I could trust and be with that, that were, that, that experience was allowed to happen without a lot of hullabaloo, you know, it's just kind of was able to happen. And, um, and I was also really fortunate that I was felt safe to talk to my dad. I'd seen books by Charles Tart and John Lilly and Carlos Castaneda, some of those kind of early publishers in the space from the West. And, um, and so I felt that I could speak to my dad. So I was like, hey, there's something really interesting here. And honestly, that experience was so overwhelming. I couldn't put words on it. I didn't know what to say, um, but I was like, it was really profound. And I was also just fortunate that my dad was wise enough to kind of say, you know, Bob, these things happened, you know, so that it helped me with, with a sense of inflation because there's a feeling of like received prophecy or received wisdom, you know, that was really kind of strong. And I was like, what, what does this mean? And he was like, it's okay. This is what will, ha this can happen to humans. You know, we can have this experience. And uh, that sent me off to India and, uh, you know, on those travels that I was mentioning a little bit earlier, really just kind of trying to figure out, trying to get language and, and, and learn ways of going back. And that also got me started uh, growing plants and things. I, I didn't really enjoy going into all of the market and trying to find uh, sacred mushrooms or LSD, although there were some interesting connections that I learned later on around the LSD, which was from someone in California where I was in Tennessee, and now we're practicing together, and he's a minister in my church, so it was interesting that even the connections there, but I just had a strong feeling that I, I really wanted to be able to go from like the earth to, uh, from the from the soil to the soul, you know, kind of like without, I, and it felt like a responsibility kind of for myself and, and like for my tribe, you know, I was like, oh, this is something that's important, right? So I started growing plants early on. Um, and then that led me to uh, seek uh, faculty to study with. So I went to uh, UC Santa Cruz and studied with Frank Barron, who was one of the Harvard Psychedelic Club and some others there. And um, I went to University of Chicago and studied with Wendy Doniger, who had written uh, with Richard Evan Schultes, who was one of the experts in the space and and uh, on like that. So that, that that's probably a little background for you. Hopefully it was useful. <clears throat> Moved out back out to uh, Oakland from New York University, where I'd been studying sociology in 1998. And then I really st started the garden here in, in this location. This is a, a, a lovely warehouse space in, in Oakland. And, and actually, while we're doing that, I just want to say uh, we'll have a little informal tobacco prayer. This is a, a Nicotania domestica here, or called Nicotania tobacco. Um, it's, it is an indigenous uh, North American tobacco. A lot of people also uh, hear about Nicotania rustica, which is a yellow uh, flowered tobacco. They, they both have really deep uh, character. I like to say they teach respect and they teach right relationship. Tobacco can do that. It's a really strong teacher. And while we're just thinking about gardens, 
if you don't mind, I'll just show a couple plants, Zach, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Bring in our friends. Yeah. And here's a beautiful yahe. This is the little ayahuasca vine. This is just a little cutting. Hmm. And look at the look at the roots that it's made. Hmm. It's really ready. This one's ready to get planted. Yeah, it's full of roots. Thank you, yahe, ayahuasca for opening the way ayahuasca helps us hear the other plants kind of gets the doorman out of the door so that the other plants can come in and this is a, a lovely chacruna here hmm. uh, this is actually psychotria alba type called amaruca or some people call it chacruna var udv the uniao do, do vegetal church will use this one and this one is the painter or the teacher where ayahuasca is the force or the the, the master so a lot of people will say that ayahuasca will help us learn to hear and will open the way and will teach us what to listen to. And then we'll invite other plants in like chacruna, which, which has a lot of, of information to bring, right? And another way of thinking about that is that the ayahuasca vine brings monoamine oxidase inhibitors, which someone might say is the spirit of opening. And, and that helps us uh, not turn down all of the tryptamines that are in the chacruna which someone else might say is the teacher spirit or the painter, right? And so um, ayahuasca and chacruna. And then last, just for a little plant show and tell, here's a beautiful, uh, uh, this is a kind of an interesting one. This is a, a, a trichocereus peruvianus type. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different than the, the normal San Pedro people will see. It's called Wachuma, um, which a lot of people will also call the San Pedro. This will carry the mescaline or the big sky spirit yeah grandfather many people will call this plant and then just so we're having a little bit of fun to show how different they can be this is the uh, one type of trichocereus or wachuma and then here's another type see how different they are yeah but both of these uh a teacher might say you know and i kind of had this experience i'm like oh is this wachuma and they would say wachuma is is there and I'd say, is this Wachuma? And they would say, Wachuma is there. And I'd be like, why are you saying it funny like that? And they're like, it, it, it's not, this is the home. It's not the spirit. Hmm. And so I, I love that as a, as a kind of a teaching that, you know, we can have different colored skins. We can have different genders. Uh, we can have all of these things and they can be there for good reasons. And we can celebrate those differences. But at the same time, it may be that, you know, the spirit of love is here, right? With, with wow. music. Yeah. You made a wonderful transition just on your own. First of all, two boys from the South having powerful experiences in their youth and setting them off on their spiritual paths uh, just to you know, be in community with you with uh, similar stories and also knowing that there are so many people out there um, that uh, have suffered, unfortunately, like Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said uh, about spiritual bashfulness. Uh, in our country um, and potentially not having a place or a community or even a, a friend or a father to be able to share that with and keeping those experiences within them and not seeing potentially where they can be rooted and where mm. they can grow. So as a gesture to all of those people and all those people ha who have uh, found places to, to grow and propagate and uh, and mix and mingle. So, um, Bob, so you already brought these plants in and in the, in honor of the month of Shvat, uh, which is, uh, the Hebrew month that 
guides us towards seeing plants as teachers, as healers, healing ourselves, our, wo our world in reality, but also uh, the supernal, supernal worlds as well. Um, what does it mean for you to regard a plant as a teacher? What does mm -hmm. it mean for you to regard a plant as sacred or even as a sacrament itself? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. I love this question. Um, so within Sacred Garden Community Church, you mentioned in the intro that that I'm I'm uh, one of the pastors of and the senior pastor. Um, we're open to the possibility that there is is an experience that we can have even within this lifetime of divine presence. That's just the word that we're using when we say divine. We kind of recognize that as a as like almost a placeholder. You know, someone else may say of God. Someone else may say uh, satori or nirvana or non-dual experience. Uh, of consciousness in matter or something like, you know, there are different languages I feel that we're using from our birth where we're trying to describe our experience. Sacred Garden Community, we say we're open to the possibility that engaged carefully and respectfully, the sacraments of our church can connect us directly to divine experience within this lifetime. That's as complicated as it gets in, in this church. We call that least dogma. That's kind of our basic and that's really all that we ask uh, our members to to have faith enough faith to be open to the possibility that there's something divine right that we can experience and the reason why i went into that is because that's connected to why we call these plants sacred and why we consider them to be sacraments right um taking a quick step back sort of looking at the meaning of sacrament and i and i've done a few talks on this so you're you're, you're throwing me ringer questions <laughs> um some people will 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 uh, there are different ways that a sacrament is recognized right just traditionally that it can be consecrated by a community so this may be you know you and i uh, zach we may choose to assert you know the time we spend together seeking truth uh that is sacred to us right and and we recognize this as a sacrament you know that that's just a, that's a community or an individual asserting the consecration of something we recognize this as sacred. And then there, there will usually be reasons, right? And the reasons often are because I, we would assert perhaps that the thing is connected to something that is sacred that we don't, we don't always recognize. And, and this is getting even closer now. Mm. And so like marriage in some communities is considered to be a sacrament. It's as if the, the relationship of marriage is in some way participating in the sacred. It's connected. It's like a sacred thing by by being connected to something that is sacred that we might not realize so clearly but by participating in that sacrament we we begin to learn what is sacred if that's making any sense there so that could be uh rituals from our sacred narratives that we participate in um and i want to ask for forgiveness i'm not an, an expert in in uh in jewish history but you know there are there are different um uh, like there's Passover and, and there, there was something in that in that narrative where where God was coming in to our experience and, and asserting something. Hey, you know, if you do these things, then these things will happen. And we were receiving or at least the Jewish people were receiving directly from God. So there was a connection there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that ritual becomes recognized as again. Forgive me if I'm you know, doing great. Bob. Say, You're doing great. Yeah. Um, but then also the sort of most at heart for me 
is, is a sacrament is recognized as something that is capable to connecting me to or teaching me what is or opening the way to that which is sacred. So not, not, not only connected sort of historically or something, but actually connecting like actively connecting. So a sacrament is something that I recognize as capable of connecting me directly to something that is, I'll say, divine or sacred or of God, depending on our on our own faith, right? And so the sacred plants that we're talking about, they're consecrated. They have been recognized for, for thousands of years, if not tens of thousands of years or longer, as sacraments by, by many different traditions around the world. The South American traditions are some that we're more familiar with because they managed to persist through modernity in a lot of things. Um, but but these are really global. You can even find in Shakespeare references to the divine toad, believe it or not. That's longer questions. But in Europe, there were also sacred plant traditions, right? Certainly in uh, northern uh, hemisphere, down south in Australia, um, you, you know, in the east, sacred plant traditions are there and recognized as divine or sacred. So you'll have words like teonanactal from the Nahuatl language, um, which is a South American uh, sort of historical language that is, is still sort of around a little bit in the Mayan peoples, uh, meaning body of God, right? Or, or the flesh uh, of, of the divine right. um, when they're referring to a sacred mushroom, right? So that's consecrated and right. recognized. But then... Some folks will say, hey, uh, you know, everything is a sacrament, though, Bob, right? Like every breath is a sacrament and every food is a sacrament and, and every smile is, is, is a sacrament because they can connect us to an experience of God. And I, I, I may believe that, you know. However, these are recognized as sacraments by our church because they teach us exactly that, hmm. if, if that makes any sense. I'm walking through life blindly like surrounded by the profaned and disconnected from an experience of God. I don't recognize every breath as a sacrament. I don't recognize every smile as a sacrament. I don't recognize my existence as sacred. I feel lost. And these sacred plants engaged with careful practice, they can help me to learn that indeed this is a, a sacred world and, and the divine is all around me. And that, that's, that's what makes a sacrament. So just to make sure that I understand so there's kind of many layers and levels some of them can exist independently but it sounds like for you they're kind of nested in each other potentially um that they are recognized as such sacred or sacramental by a particular community that has come to you us um over time in history right so it has a lineage and a tradition um there's also the personal experiential, uh, I would say even like pedagogical, mm -hmm. uh, that by communing with them, imbibing them, allying with them, whatever the, the active verb is, that it opens me up to a reality of divinity, openness, pure consciousness, whatever, again, like you using like really open language mm -hmm. based on what is meaningful to the individual, which I really appreciate. And then um, also that it, um, it teaches not only about divinity itself, but that other things in the world, maybe potentially all things in the world, 
um, have that capacity as well. It's not only limited to the plant, but the plant then shows the teaching nature of whatever uh, whatever it is, drinking water, um, smelling the air after a rain, um, and could then Im imbue its sacramental nature on other aspects of lived reality. Is, am I getting that right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And, um, and, and this is also kind of helps understand why these particular plants are, cons are called master plants or teacher plants, because they're boldly, they speak boldly. Mm. Right. And they help someone like me who may not be able to hear otherwise. Mm. Right. And, and for us within our church, these particular sacraments, the, the psychedelic entheogens, they're required for us. They're, they're absolutely required. We can't just shift over to breath. I mean, that may work for the Buddhist church. And, and I'm, and I'm want to say that's wonderful for that group, but I, I feel confident that if I were if without these sacraments within this lifetime, I may never re recognize the divine nature of being itself and the divine presence that is here, right? Mm -hmm. And so they open that way uh, in a unique manner. And that's also why they're recognized uh, by many communities in and of themselves as being divine. So, you know, as if the ayahuasca might be called Gaia or Pachamama uh, and recognized as a divinity in herself, mm -hmm. right? Um, so th these are all the ways that a sacrament can be, or these are some of the ways that, a, that sacraments can be recognized and, and experienced. Yeah. So that little piece that you shared, um, you know, that's actually the language that uh, your, your church has um, officially, that these plants are a necessary means for helping facilitate connection to sacred divine presence. So you've, we've explored a little bit about these plants um, but how do you create community around that? Like the, you were speaking about personal and direct experience, which is one dimension, but how do you, uh, yeah, how do you bring communitas and all of the, the dynamics of human beings, human society um, into a, a sacred community uh, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, good. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Sacred Garden Community Church and some of our core practices to kind of embed this. So within Sacred Garden Community, we have a, a faith, which I was sharing, that, that these plants can open divine presence for us, right? Um, we also have a practice. We have some ethical covenants. We'll, maybe we'll see if we get to those. And that's part of community, actually. So it's, wor it's worth going into it. So yeah. what, what makes community, first of all? You know, it's like we, we have something that we're sharing, right? We're sharing a faith. For example, yeah. um, it's it's a it's a conscious commitment we're making. Sometimes community can happen unconsciously by coincidence of birth and things like that. But this is conscious community building, right? And so we have something that we share, which is a faith. We have uh, ethical co covenants, uh, care, respect, and trust and integrity that we, we we promise to bring each other. And we have a practice, and that starts with navigation. We're sort of doing that now. Like, who are we, and and, and what are we talking about, and where do we want to go, right? And then um, depending on navigation, we have preparation. Within Sacred Garden Community, we talk about initiation, which is let's just start with respect. Let's start carefully. Let's move slowly. You know, let, we don't need to do everything right now. We can take our time together. Um, then we have practice, which is sort of the heart of, of um, our church, which is, you could say, assisted meditation, right? Um, and then we have integration. And then we have community integration. That's a part of our practice. It's 
sort of the final part, right? And it's like we go around the circle. We call it a fractal because we're really doing all of those things. Even, even if we're alone, we have a community within ourselves, I would recommend that we may be interacting with, right? So I, I think I've been through that wheel a, a little bit uh, and, and I didn't really realize the community integration part so actively when I was younger, but even I mentioned, even when I was 17, I was like, this is important for me and my tribe. I just felt that, you know, like I, I felt so almost like the first time I felt kind of almost sort of a father care, you know, because I was like, oh, this is important for us to have, you know, for our health and, and for our culture, you know, for who we are, right? And so that those feelings were, were coming out of that very big, those very early experiences, like, oh, there's something divine, this is important to us, right? And, um, and for me, that, that experience is a privilege to, to experience divine presence, is, is a profound privilege. And it's a privilege that we can all share. And it's like a privilege, it may be a privilege of being, I'm not sure, you know, but it's certainly a privilege of being human, I feel. And so along those lines, I feel that we humans are incredibly privileged beings, that we, that we can have this language and we can have these conversations and we can, you know, travel and find plants and, and all of these things, right? And so all of that privilege and, and, and particularly that, the, the profound gratitude that emerges from, from experiencing anything that might even resonate as the, the slightest inkling of the presence of God is so is such a profound privilege that calls to service. And the interesting thing about that is you have a big mushroom experience and uh, it's like, oh, the world changes and, and you get super exuberant and you want to get on the internet and tell everybody all about it. And um, there, that, 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 that sort of inflated uh, sense of calling to service can happen. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say that I, to some degree, have been moving through that, you, you know, uh, it's been 40 years. So I, I've gone through numerous troughs of despair after uh, the, the sort of exuberance of discovery or, or hopefulness. Um, but there's, there often will be a sense of um, this is really important. And, 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 and I'm thankful for having received this and I want to come and serve. That, 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 that seems to happen often with many of us, you know, right? And in fact, it's almost like it's helpful if you have a, a, a friend or a family or community that might kind of help temper a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, that's okay, but we're all learning together. Yeah. And then moving into community is humbling. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy, to, it's relatively easy to be sitting sort of by yourself with your best friends, you know, on the top of a mountain that you've known for, for a long time and you all share the exact same culture and, you know, everything. Um, and you can just move in, into peace and, and let, if you haven't had a lot of trauma growing up and all these different things, and you can sort of allow that presence to happen, but you move into community and you start running into confusion and trauma and anger and, and all those things. So that is deepening and expanding capacity and depth. It's like, what's the value of that experience if it's off alone in, in, and and i'm not saying that that's not valuable you know i think probably a, a monk in the cave up in the himalayas or something may be doing their work you know that may be good for us but that call to service is also a call to growth and, and a call to learning yeah um build growing humility and asking me to do more work and so 
it's like it just to me seems like a natural part of a path if, if that makes sense yeah. and then uh, but then one thing i found with community building and growing it's very important that i keep my own self-healing work and just don't go all, all into community and lose my own seeking after truth and my own practice because community will will take uh, will will ask for a lot and and you want to be able to have resource and and that divine uh, to move from a place of healing rather than a place of trauma you received from someone and you're just reproducing that uh, it's a big it's a big rich conversation you can hear me getting into it <laughs> well the the most exciting thing i mean everything that you have to say about your life and your world is exciting um but just to bring rabbi heschel in again um is the idea that he brought forth in a number of his writings about when one encounters uh, awe and wonder um, and the ineffable, um, in some ways that's the beginning of the discovery of self mm -hmm. and uh, at one stage. And through the discovery of self, one can then be able to uh, see the other. Mm -hmm. um, but it's only in that that dialogy of myself and other where the circle becomes larger into the world, um, and through that the the capital O other right mm -hmm. that divinity becomes revealed through this process of of self discovery, uh, the discovery of the face of someone looking back at me, then having you know, like you said, the call to service, not only then for the one person in front, but the two and the 12 and the 20 and the 20,000, mm. um, where then I recognize we're all in this together and that has a uh, divine resonance and charge for him. So just to bring this into um, something that is quite real and active in a, in a religious community um, where that might be like a theological idea in a book that people might highly regard, but is actually playing out in a very specific and beautiful way um, in on a street in Oakland somewhere. Mm, so, mm, mm. Oh man, oh man, oh Yeah, and I, I love that. Um, you know, there's the sort of the thou, the the, the big O other. You know, that that sort of, and then there's the and then there's the you right here, us, and uh, you might say the little O other. And um, I think that also becomes a very interesting meditation. So I'm just right with you on that. In other words, who, who art thou, you know, like, and, and like, I, I want to know you and, and I want to be in relationship with you and I, I want to be held by you, you know, and, and I want to hold you. I want to be, I want to know you. And, and that's a, and that's a deep call to the infinite other. But who is the infinite other? You're right there, Zach. You know, you're 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 other, and you're there, right? And so, how can I have that relationship with you? And and, and I so I think that there's a deep healing there, and I really love what you just said. Yeah, it, it's like the the calling is to connect and to open uh, to other, and and to, and the, the the distinction between the the other who is suffering the other who may be projecting anger, you know, and all of these things and the, and the divine thou, you know, the great uh, other, what is the difference? You know, it's just, it's a really rich conversation. It reminds me of that. Um, the one we were having earlier about, well, is the sacrament, the plant that helps us realize that the breath is a sacrament or is the breath, the sacrament. Yeah. Right. And so the, the real goal that, that I am having 
is um, to be with you in divine presence, you know. Um, for me, from my experience, which, which is small, relatively small and humble, I think, and, and it's just my experience, and, and I feel that it's true, but I'm not claiming epistemological universal wisdom here because that experience happened in this body, you, you know. Sure. But, but I know that that can happen. <laughs> you know, I know that from me and my little experience, I know that God is real and here. And so then I want to be with you in that knowledge and presence, right? And so that, that, that becomes a calling for a community. Yeah. Well, I know that we will talk about this um, many more times than just on, on this one conversation. And, um, but I also want to, as our time has come to a close, you know, there is so much that is happening uh, with regard to psychedelic research and experimentation and psychedelics could, can, might, may, heal various maladies. Um, but uh, from your perspective, what would you want someone to know that is just entering into this work for themselves, most of all? Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks. And there, there could be a lot here, but we'll be, we'll yeah. be efficient. Yeah. Um, and there are a few ways to think about this. I, I guess one of the ways I'll start is with uh, with calm and loving attention to move into this practice there there's there is i'll i'm gonna go here there's there's a lot of fear kind of seeding uh uh psychedelic communities um and a lot of this i think is coming out of the drug the history of the drug war there's also um a real desire for healing so this can this can take this can really create a lot of different kinds of energy right but i just basically i want to kind of say um if we approach these sacred plants with care and respect and integrity from, from our own humility uh, and with a little bit of preparation, we've been doing this for thousands of years. We humans have been doing this for probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years, engaging relationship with these plants. Um, it's safe. It's natural. It's okay. We can do this. You know, that's sort of a big, big, question. It's really, it's a, it's a healthy practice. That's a normal and natural practice for us. This is my experience. Um, that said, if you're seeking facilitation, you want to, you want to seek transparency. You want to seek clarity. I'll propose you want to, you want to seek someone who's kind of decentering the priestly class. If, if, the, if they're like a glorious shaman, who's going to do everything for you. To me, that's maybe less helpful. For me, this is really about the agency of the seeker in their relationship to the sacrament and the universe. Um, so that's just me. And also I propose to be aware of neo-fundamentalisms. Hmm. There can be a lot of kind of emergent, what I'll call neo-fundamentalisms in this group. And the reason why I'll say it's you go to one group, and they're gonna tell you that you absolutely have to set the 20 frames of protection, you know, whatever the, 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 the practice is. And another group will tell you something very different. You have to do the tobacco prayer, you know. So, you know, I'll just say uh, be open to different ways uh, because I believe that there can be different ways. Take your time in navigation. That's what we're talking about a little bit. Take your time with preparation. Everything is here. There, there, as long as there will be humans and soil and sun and seeds, the sacraments will be here. Um, so take your time. What else? Um, 
Oh, you may actually choose to do one-on-one -on -one work before moving into community work, depending on where you are. If you're, if you're kind of struggling with um, like fear or uh, concerns about safety or gender related safety or, um, you know, sort of uh, issues around race and diversity and practice, you may not want to be sitting with a bunch of folks who have a kind of different culture or, or things like that. Um, it's, it's of benefit to the, all of us and to you to, to consider one-on-one -on -one work before group work, right? Because we are the ones who create the safety and the culture of the groups that we're sitting in. It's not the group's responsibility to create safe and healthy culture for me. I'm a member of that group, right? I'm, I'm part of it. So in other words, uh, uh, seek a group and come sit with us and check out sacredgarden.life and, and online and, and, and ask if you'd like to come sit with Sacred Garden community. But also consider doing one-on-one -on -one work. Um, you know, before sitting in community. I think that can be a good idea. And last not least, um, and this is more for, for leaders in the space, uh, we want to be careful not to mistake our own cultural dispositions for the message of the plants. So if you're kind of moving into this, move in with humility. Um, I personally am on the left kind of politically, uh, but I think it's really not kind to the plants to assert that they're sort of uh, in my po political field, if you know what I mean, right? They, they may love someone who's living in East Tennessee as much as they love someone who's living in Oakland, right? And that then they have, may receive different language and different messaging from the plants. And so I'm really trying to um, just allow the plants to have their their own presence in my life without me putting all of my culture and everything onto it. And I know that may sound a little bit ironic because I'm hit, sitting here talking a mile a minute, you know. But <laughs> but but I I'm it's almost like I'm I'm trying to hurry up and 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 suggest that we slow down, and I'm trying to speak up and suggest that we just listen. Mm -hmm. If that's making any sense, how's that for a couple ideas? That's a great start, and it could be a whole lifetime too. Well, Bob, the thing that I'm leaving this conversation with struck by and um, humbled and inspired as usual when we are in conversation that you are speaking for yourself and you're speaking for your community uh, and um, not speaking in the name of, but uh, right. speaking for uh, other communities as well. Um, that this, the, the way that you're approaching your work could be models of other spiritual communities that are in no way um, allying with sacred plants. Um, this could be an orientation that could be shared by um, anyone who wants to take the sacredness of their lives, um, the world around them, the people that can help them come to some of this knowledge, as you said, in this lifetime, um, in, in this good way. So. Uh, I want to thank you, and hopefully um, more people can can hear your words and uh, your wisdom. Um, so I want to thank you, Bob Otis. Again, you can go to uh, sacredgarden.life. That's it. For more information about Bob's community. And we're just so grateful to have you uh, in our universe. Thank you, Zach. Uh, and the, the feelings are really mutual. So I, I'm not going to say everything you just said right back to you, but I'm feeling that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I just really love the time that we get to share together. Just thankful that we can share this time together. And I'm going to ring one more bell and whatever the prayers that you're holding and the prayers that you're, that Shefa uh, members are holding, I hope that that bell will sort of help uh, grow that those prayers.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you are listening. If you feel inspired to support our cause, learn more about upcoming programs, meet our staff, and visit our website at chefaflow.org. Thanks again, and don't forget to share with a friend and subscribe.